Hi everyone, Pamela Log here, your host of the Energy Transitions podcast. If you enjoy listening to our bi-weekly podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button and take a moment to leave a rating or review wherever you're listening. This will help us spread the message and connect with our community. Thanks again for listening to the Energy Transitions podcast from Inlet and Friends. As the world transitions to net zero, it has never been more important to embrace sustainable business models, no matter how disruptive it may be. Especially at a time of economic strain, with high inflation and volatile markets, sustainability could fall further down the priority list. To highlight the importance of circularity, as well as why sustainable business models are critical to maintaining a competitive edge and ensuring a robust supply chain, I am joined by Unit Farkas, Senior Vice President, Europe and International Hub, Power Products Division at Schneider Electric. I am Pamela Larg, and this is the Energy Transitions Podcast. Yonat, thank you so much for joining us today for an important discussion about sustainable business models. Uh, it's something that you have described as one of your passions. So we're very keen to get your insights on the topic. And we're talking about this at a time when, you know, economically, it, it's not a, a smooth sailing time for companies. We've, we've got talk of recession, uh, supply chain struggles, high inflation. So it seems almost counterintuitive to be so focused on sustainable business models. Tell us why is this important? Um, hello, nice to be with you. I uh, actually confirm that this topic is dear to to my heart, and I'm also proud to work in a company that it's uh, it's working in the di- this direction to fix the energy crisis in the most sustainable possible way. So, actually, the issue of the energy crisis and global warming, sustainability, business uncertainties are pretty much related uh, nowadays and actually a lot comes uh, unfortunately from our um, dependency on fossil fuel which was heavily impacted by uh, uh, the Ukrainian war that started uh, a bit more than than one year ago and this went beyond the initial expectation, impacting heavily not only the energy in terms of prices, but also reliability of supply, bringing us to a hyperinflation uh, in, uh, in Europe, but also in other geographies, and therefore also having on the table many business uncertainties for the companies that are acting in any kind of field nowadays. Of course, we have many sides how to tackle uh, this issue. And I believe moving from our uh, reliance on fossil fuel and accelerating to a transition towards the renewable energy, it's a key success factor. But this is not enough. Indeed, renewable energy is the most efficient and, uh, and the most effective way to achieve green energy and decarbonization and the electrification powered by renewables offer a very sustainable energy source. But this is only one side of the story. 
because in all fairness, companies can achieve uh, net zero just by buying energy from renewable sources, planting trees to offset their uh, carbon uh, emission. But this is not enough. We have a lot to work on uh, how actually to reduce the waste. And here you have the waste of electricity, of of energy. So eliminating the energy waste uh, probably is the fastest and the least capital intensive solution to cut those costs. And they also offer quite a a fast uh, return on investment. Moreover, if we go beyond in the decarbonization and having a sustainable working model, I think it's very important to make sure that we are reducing the CO2 emissions from everything that we are used in our installation, even from a project that starts as a capex, as a greenfield, but also on brownfield when you have modernization. And here, I think we can do much more on uh, circularity. We know that we are using limited uh, resources and those limited resources are becoming more and more uh, expensive to extract them and uh, then to put them at the best use. By leveraging these three layers that are converging in the same direction, we can build a more sustainable business model. And when I'm referring uh, sustainable, I'm referring towards you know having less CO2 emission and uh, even a more cost-effective uh, solution. Of course, sustainability goes beyond that being part of uh, the environment where the business is uh, growing, having uh, the right people in the right place, investing in competencies and so on and so forth. But I focused my, my uh, answer more on the energy side. What becomes clear to me is that to achieve this, this level of decarbonization, it's, it's quite disruptive. I think for companies uh, on several levels, I mean, we're talking deep systemic change. Talk us through exactly what it means to adopt a sustainable business model for an organization that's really trying to decarbonize from the ground up its own operations as well as client or customer operations. I mean, there's so much to consider. Where do you start? I cannot speak on behalf of all the companies, of course, because I don't know their business model. But what I can share are my thoughts around the relationship that we are trying to build with our partners. For example, something that is very dear to my heart is the Schneider Electric Sustainability School meant for partners. So we had one for our employees where we uh, actually worked uh, initially to understand sustainability and what is at stake for us as Schneider Electric. And then how can we make the best of that uh, within our organization? Now we are going to a different path, actually the same path, but going beyond our initial scope. And it's by onboarding our partners in this journey. So as I said, we try to push our knowledge through our partners deeper on the market. And we launched this Schneider Electric Sustainability School which is composed by three chapters. I will not go into details, but first one is to understand sustainability as such, then to actually discover how they can actually take action uh, on their own company, how they can have a a lower CO2 emission by everything that they do. And 
the last but not least, it's how they can leverage the sustainability to uh, skills to uh, grow their business and to have the right solution for their own, their own customers. You know, we have a business model that we prefer to go through partners to serve our end users because actually this represents sustainability for us. We rely on a strong network of partners and we live in symbiosis to have a better market capillarity, but also a more complete offer because we rely on their skills to deliver complete solution to the end users. Just to make a few examples on, on uh, sustainability, we have on the initial part on what we call scope one and scope, scope two, things that are related to less uh, freight, less transportation, low CO2 emission coming from that, but also using greener material, uh, avoiding single-use uh, plastic, embedding reutilized materials in our as components in our uh, in our product, and then also trying to get proximity to our customers by offering solutions just on time without having a, a long transportation path. Then moving on scope three and scope uh, four, it's actually the part that I mentioned uh, a bit uh, before. It's how we make sure that our solutions are having a positive impact on sustainability by having a lower carbon footprint and being more efficient in terms of energy consumption and making the business of the end user more sustainable because it has a more solid uh, way of working. Unit, thank you so much for taking us through some of the, the specifics uh, about the approach to sustainability and the importance and understanding those grassroots. But I think there are some that feel by embracing the disruption and kind of overhauling operations and, and systems that they could be putting themselves at a disadvantage. That is clearly not the case. And if you can just explain a little bit about that. Again, there are many elements that uh, can, uh, can be covered through the answer to, to your question. I would say that First of all, to remain successful in business, you need to be capable to deliver nowadays the products, the solutions that uh, have been uh, uh, required by your customers. And indeed, in the last years, we had many challenges on uh, making sure that uh, products are uh, received on time. And this is going beyond our industry. It's an overall uh, uh, problem that we have everywhere in the world. And this is, again, part of having a more resilient supply chain and making sure that you rely on the right network of partners to make sure you deliver up to the expectation. Then, in order to have a better business evolution, of course, digital needs to be embedded in your journey. We see more and more that digital is... Uh, making the way of working more effective. And if I go uh, back to something that is very dear to my heart, which I uh, mentioned are the partners, I believe that partners that uh, we work with, they have to embrace the software journey end-to-end -end from, from design of a switchboard up to build and then uh, deliver and maintain, commission and maintain. Something that 
nowadays it's a bit fragmented and I guess the the market will evolve in having a more unique and seamless experience to throughout this journey. Then another aspect is making sure we are engaging with partners and it's not only for us in general. Whenever you are developing something, you need to develop it in an agile mode in such a way that the product fits the need of your customer perfectly, which means that in many cases, at least for us, we try to use our competence, share competence between us and our partners to develop the products together. This is part of our agile methodology that we have implemented. And we see more and more customers that are willing to run pilots with us. And last but not least, we need also to share the expertise among the ecosystem. We need to build the competencies within our organization to be ready for the future challenges, but also to make sure that our network of partners are equally well equipped with the right level of competencies, especially for the segments that we see that are representing a big share of growth for the years to come. Only by working together, sharing together, not only the opportunities, but also the knowledge on how to better serve those opportunities, I think we can have a very successful uh, business model. Your emphasis on the importance of partnerships and collaboration is really critical to the success of any sustainable business model. You, you touched on AI and digitalization, and that is a fundamental part of any kind of business model moving forward. I mean, specifically within the energy transition as well, if we are to successfully decarbonize. And I wondered if you could give us a little bit more information on that, because clearly, you know, that's also part of maintaining the competitive edge in such a competitive market at the moment and really driving those decarbonization goals. Correct. So uh, I, I like to say that actually digital makes the invisible visible uh, nowadays. Uh, so the digital makes the energy that we use smart. Digital makes the processes that we are leveraging faster and we have a better tracking of everything that happens and this can be used to correct any potential um, actions that we took in the past and they are not providing the expected uh, outcome in our specific case i believe that the most important part of digital is leveraging the softwares that are making the life of not only partners but also in uh, users easier. So going a bit through those software journey, I would say the most important part at the beginning, it's how you choose the right product, how you select, how you navigate through the complexity of many offers that you can find on the market, making sure the fact that you are choosing the one that fits you best. Then once you choose the right offer at the right cost and the right uh, price, then having uh, more a B2B approach, this component then needs to be embedded in a complete solution and delivered to uh, the end user. And specifically in electrical installation, by having digital embedded, it's not that you have measurement on everything that is happening, but nowadays with the help of artificial intelligence, what it's very often called uh, level three of digitalization, you have 
a lot of inputs coming from the respective data points and you can utilize those data uh, those inputs to have predictive information to know when your installation might have an issue how is the most optimal way to use that in installation everything that you can monitor can make you avoiding unpleasant surprises and moreover it's offering you a better business model to adjust your investments for the future and uh, of course last but not least it will help you uh, reducing the the operational cost indeed uh, you mentioned earlier on the topic of circularity can you give us some more detail on that because circular economy is something that is being embraced across the energy value chain and it's clearly a priority for businesses it's obviously a priority for you as well so talk us through that and as you embrace circularity how do you encourage or foster an environment of innovation as well while continuing to develop your strategies involving circularity that's a great question because i think in our field we don't do enough in uh, circularity uh, there are other industries that are uh, more advanced if you look in the automotive industry for example you almost never have one vehicle that ends up at the end of the life cycle being scrapped you have a continuation of that and you have specific initiatives that can prolong the life of the vehicle and i think in our sector in the energy field we can do equally a lot on capturing the benefits of the circularity so i see at least a couple of elements whenever you have an electrical installation that needs to be changed and you still have in the electrical installation products that are still good you can utilize those products in different other installations and by the way legislation in europe goes pretty much in that direction we see more and more tenders that are specifying that you need to have a certain level of circularity or co2 uh, emission reduction so in our specific case if we take for example an earth circuit breaker which is a big big breaker that is utilized in more critical application we implemented this with our uh, mtz and this gives the chance of having a, a series of new opportunities so first one and the most important it's actually that for each recycled breaker uh, circular breaker we are actually saving 755 kilograms of co2 compared with um, uh, producing a new one this is like planting few trees already is not something that is not relevant moreover by doing so we have also the opportunity to embed in the circular breaker not through the setting but also with the right labeling a qr code and to engage digitally with the customer to have you know the complete view on the full journey of the product and last but not least this is has obviously a very positive impact on uh, reducing the consumption of raw material and this is only one side of circularity another side of circularity is actually by having proper maintenance proper actions on the installation in order to prolong the life of the installation so if everything is done according to the maintenance rules 
and then by leveraging digital having the information on what might occur to that installation you can take specific actions by replacing a potential faulty product by upgrading it to a newer generation of uh, i don't know trip unit you can at the end of the day prolong the life cycle of the very same electrical installation which of course has a huge impact on the decarbonization because you don't need to redo all the electrical installation you mentioned also in the eu at the moment there's some policy and regulation that's coming to the fore to to encourage the adoption of sustainable business models do you think we're going to see more policy pressure to become sustainable where we don't really have an option to to waste time obviously there's pressure coming from customers as well and end users where people want to see that companies are making an effort in this regard so you're actually having pressure from both sides am i correct uh completely true so indeed we see more and more uh, a higher appetite for uh, framing the decarbonization plans unfortunately there is not one single defined regulation on how co2 emissions should be calculated uh, you know today we have like iso for many elements we have standards for uh, many other elements but this is uh, a journey that is completely new not only for the companies but also for uh, the regulators the good news is that actually I read an IDC research is that 7% of their business is already 7% it sounds small but actually it's uh, pretty relevant for the start of the uh, journey uh, 7% of businesses are already delivering on their sustainability plans they are already delivering and over 40%, almost half, they are relying on strategic support to achieve the environmental targets. So there is a huge, huge opportunity there to capitalize on the acceleration of not only the energy transition uh, and the energy crisis, but also speeding up the, the, the carbonization. However, as I said earlier, in order to do so, we need to be equipped with the right technologies, tools, and, and schools. And comprehensive education and training, open and collaborative ecosystem, and strong commitment from everyone can, can make this uh, initiative fly very fast in an accelerated uh, manner. You mentioned on several occasions that this topic is close to your heart. And clearly you are passionate about decarbonizing and circularity and the importance of this. So talk us through why this is so important to you. What keeps you coming back for more? True, 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 true. Uh, so that, there are, again, many elements to answer to that. And I guess for many people, the energy sector offers the opportunity to contact contribute into uh, addressing one of the most pressing challenges of our time, the transition to a more sustainable and low carbon energy system. And this can have a significant impact on environment, society, economy, and of course, it helps us uh, mitigating the effects, effects on the climate change. But furthermore, the, the energy sector 
by the way, I, I started my career since from the beginning working in the energy sector, working for a partner. Uh, so I know that uh, work, I, I, but I still learn every day by interacting with them. Then I moved to an end user that was actually making the best use of the technologies offered through partners and having a strong commitment. Uh, the end user was in utility. So imagine they were having a strong commitment on bringing electricity to everyone, contributing to decarbonization. And nowadays working in, in Schneider Electric that has this as a, as a value. So what I basically try to say is that in the energy sector, which is very dynamic and it's evolving very rapidly, we have also many new technologies and, and innovations that are constantly emerging. And this is really making uh, this journey very exciting and intellectually stimulating with an ample spectrum of opportunities or uh, learning and growth, right? But also sense of belonging, sense of doing something great. And finally, the energy sector, it's a crucial part of our modern life, right? Powering everything from homes to businesses to transportation or even communication, it's super uh, relevant. Working in this field, it's not easy because we have our own challenges, but can be therefore also deeply rewarding as it allows everyone that really cares about that to make a tangible and meaningful contribution, even with small things, switching the light uh, on an evening where you get out of the office or, you know, implementing more advanced technology, but brings everyone to contribute in a tangible and meaningful way for our all uh, greater good of our society. Uh, if I can uh, conclude with uh, a question specifically about some of those technologies, what is most exciting to you at the moment in terms of innovation within the energy landscape? What do you believe will make the biggest impact in decarbonization, perhaps within the next five years? I have two answers on that. One, it's making sure we are leveraging circularity. It's completely nonsense to throw away something that is good and going for raw material, uh, doing harm to uh, our earth just to have new things. So circularity, it's one of the things that jointly as an ecosystem we need to accelerate. And second one, bringing digital within our infrastructure and leveraging that digital input for a better management of the infrastructure, making sure that we use that for predictive purposes and therefore avoid future problems. Thank you for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much to our listeners. Until next time.